0: Thank you, Sister Candy. You Said that so perfectly. Um, I, I, we had Sister Vivian last week, and we had Sister Candy today, and very educated women of God. And now I'm up here feeling like the substitute teacher. <laughs> um, you can all be seated. Just because I said that doesn't mean you have to. You, you, you can just not listen. <laughs> Hold on. There it goes. Fingerprint wasn't working on my thing. We're good, though. All right. I'm glad to be here today. Glad to be here tonight. Not day. Night. Um, first off, uh, I want to thank Pastor for this opportunity for to be a teacher. So who's ready to be the students? All right. Uh, who's ready to take notes? Who has already taken notes? Good. Look, see, you're passing the test already. I, I feel that if you're taking notes during these series, you better have written down Galatians 5, chapter uh, 5, 22, 23, at least nine times. All right. Um, how many have a uh, paper? Everyone got paper? Everyone got their pen? First off, do you have your Bible? All right, we're doing good. We're doing good. Um, tonight, I'm going to be talking about joy. And yes, please take notes. I am the substitute teacher, but I'm here to give you some information. Um, all right, so my topic is joy. So I I, I wanted to. Oh, I got grapes. <laughs> I was actually wondering what would mine be. <laughs> so I got grapes. <laughs> Don't eat too many. They give you cramps. No, I love grapes. <laughs> all right. No, I'm doing joy. So I was going to have everyone stand up and sing joy to the world, but I don't think that's fitting because that's kind of Christmas time, and no one wants to think of that. So, but on a, on a real note, I I am here to talk about joy. I have a, there's a lot of good points, and if if please take notes, pay attention. This is this is a vital point of the fruits of the spirits. Also, I mean, love you got to conquer love, you got to conquer joy. I mean, you can't just say I'm gonna pick one. You gotta you gotta get them all. It's not just choose what you want. Choose the one that feels comfortable. You got to choose them all kind of stinks sometimes. Like, I don't want to choose them all. But you got to choose them all. So for the last 50 years, society, Hollywood, life, has always said that when you get married, it'll be happily ever after. Some of us have walked down the aisle or watched our wife walk down the aisle, and this is going to be the happiest times of my life. And you think that. I love you, Lindsay. That's not what I mean by that. No, but you stand there and you think, and you think this is going to be happily ever after. Let me get to my point. (laughs) I'll get there, I promise. I hope I have a still place to sleep, but I'll get there. But then you end up realizing that it's not happily ever after. Why? Because maybe your husband doesn't want to clip his toenails. Maybe your wife doesn't want to talk to you because she hasn't had a cup of coffee yet. See what I'm saying. All right, just let me clarify that. I love my wife. I think she loves me. We're doing pretty good. We're on year number six. We're, we're going. Our child is crazy, and I love him to death, but our marriages feel like we're doing great. And yes, she needs her coffee in the morning. <laughs> but because of that, people say, I-, I want it to be happily ever after. I-, I believe that it's going to be. But you need to realize something. That person that you married is a human. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to do things that are going to irritate you. I know I irritate my wife more than anyone in the world probably to her, but... If you know me, you'll know why. But you you need to realize that you married or you became friends with a human. People get sick. People argue. There's misunderstandings. Life is not going to be a consistent honeymoon. Life isn't going to be a consistent honeymoon. I'm not trying to pick on people. But I want to I want to give you some points of like how life can be. Go from a good day to a bad day. Now, these are all jokes, so just bear with me. Your twin sister forgets your birthday. I mean, you're going to have a bad day if your twin sister or twin brother doesn't remember that it's your birthday. You put your clothes on backwards and they actually fit better. I mean, how's that going to make you feel? Your birthday cake ends up collapsing because there's too many candles on it. It's exciting, it's my birthday, but then there goes my cake. (laughs) Whenever we think about a relationship, let it be marriage or friendship, people always just say, I just want to be happy. There's nothing wrong with being happy. But today I want to talk about something that's greater than happiness. And what is that? That is joy. We need joy in our relationships. We need joy in our marriages. We need joy in our life. Joy is so different from happiness. Most people think this is the way happiness is. If if only I could, if only I would, if only I had this, if only I had that, that is called the destination disease because life doesn't have a destination. Life is a journey. So you shouldn't be satisfied with this happening in my life or this is going to happen because that's just going to be temporary happiness because what, that thing's going to get old. You're excited about your brand new car. Two years down the road, you're like, I hate this thing. (laughs) Why did I buy this? It's not even cool, because they end up changing things. But happiness is temporary. People always make drastic changes because of that, because they're looking for happiness. It might be from walking away from a marriage, quitting a good job. Switching their careers, moving across the country. They do all of that, but yet they still have to realize that they, they still have to live with themselves. Because they're trying to capture that happiness, but all they need to do is capture that joy. They keep looking at other places. Ah, maybe it's over here. Maybe it's over there. But you need to look in the mirror, and that, that's, this, that's the issue. Some of us need to wake up. I need to wake up. People need to wake up. You're looking for things that you're never going to find because you got to first fix yourself. Stop trying to grab happiness and start trying to grab joy. Nowhere in the Bible does God advise people to have happiness because happiness isn't a biblical concept. The word happiness is only used 22 times in the Bible, six times in the New Testament and 16 times in the Old Testament. Happiness does not mean having everything go your way. Happiness means to be uh, blessed and favored by God. That's what happiness means. doesn't mean this is going to happen and now I'm going to be happy. No, it's just being blessed by God. That'll be the happiness. I, might get, I hope I'm not confusing anyone, but it's okay. We have a whole lesson. We'll be okay. The Bible uses joy, joyful, and rejoice over 160 times in the Bible. It teaches of joy comes from the Spirit of God and living within us. And that's how it works. So here's an example of what I'm trying to get to. Happiness is external. Joy is internal. Happiness is temporary. Joy is permanent. Happiness is based on chance. Joy is based on choice. It's kind of confusing when I say choice and joy at the same time. Happiness is based on circumstance. And this is where it gets good. Joy is based on Christ. So just because things don't go your way, your happiness will go away, but your joy will stay. You'll always have that joy in your life. Many people go out looking for, looking for that happiness, looking for it, constantly going after it. I've read a study that said that if they go up to, uh, they went up to like 100 people, and it said the number one thing that people said they wanted, and it was happiness. So 90% of the people said they wanted happiness. And it said, uh, they interviewed a bunch of people, and they said, why can't you have it? I don't know where to find it, and then, if I do find it i can't I can't keep it. It won't stay. These are people out there. Why? Because you need to look for joy. There are three kill joys to a relationship. Everyone got their pen, their paper. All right I don't have the fancy that there, so I'll just repeat myself a thousand times. So you figure figuring out what I'm saying. Number one, the number one killjoy to, to have you lose your joy is selfishness. Selfishness says, I want, I want, I want. In James chapter 4, verses 1 through 2, where do wars fight come from among you? Do they not come from your desires and pleasures that war is in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight wars, yet... You have not because you uh, yet do not have because you do not ask. The root of the problem in a relationship become uh, the root of a problem in a relationship stems between two selfish people, two insecure people. And how many how many have even used this phrase to to fix that to fix the, those issues? You say just grow up, stop being so self centered and you just keep pushing it on them because it's not my fault. There's no way it's my fault. They need to grow up. Selfishness. They'll take your joy right away. In James chapter 3 verse 16 for where envy oh I also want to apologize that if they do be are put up here they are different. I didn't have yeah. You know, so just I'm not reading some fake bible stuff. For where envy and self-seeking uh, exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. What is this saying is that you can't be joyful and jealous. That just doesn't work out. We need to stop focusing. You need to take the focus on them instead of you. Because that's the, going to be the problem. That's where you're going to fix that problem. <laughs> don't, don't be putting blame on anyone. That's the number one. I, not number one. That's me just saying that. But that's a lot of an issue that people do. They just put the blame on everyone else to make them feel better. Well, it's because they did this. It's because they said that. And you're pushing. What you're doing is you're saying you're ripping the joy out. They did this and they did that. And your joy is just deteriorating and it's leaving. And then you sit back and say, why am I not happy? Why am I not excited? Why don't I have joy? It's because you keep trying to blame everything. Number two, resentment. Resentment says, I won't forgive you. We hurt each other in relationships, sometimes unintentionally, sometimes intentionally. The fact that um, it's... What you do when you hurt someone, how do you, how do you react to that? You know you hurt someone. Do you sit back and say, man, I shouldn't have done that? Or do you go, they deserved it? Because they did this and they did this. You don't forgive them. They deserve it. They needed that to happen. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, watch out that no bitterness takes root among you, for it springs up and causes deep trouble, hurting many in their spiritual lives. Resentment will eat up emotional energy because you'll spend all of your time resenting that person. So where is that time going to be when that joy is supposed to be trying to come back? When you're sitting here just trying to resent someone. So we need to watch out because bitterness will take a hold of you. Brother Ron just said it in pre-service prayer. The spirit of bitterness is here. I don't know who. God didn't give me a face or a name. But if you do know, I mean, it's you, you know who you are and you know that this is the thing you need to hear. That that bitterness is just going to keep eating you up. And you'll never find that happiness. You'll never find that joy. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 29. Those who bring troubles on their family inherit the wind, the fool who will be a servant to the wise. If you refuse to forgive, who are you hurting? Yourself. You may feel like you're not hurting yourself. You may feel like you're doing yourself a favor because you don't have to approach the situation. All of these things is taking your joy away. The thing that people strive for when they—I t- said they, they asked a hundred people. Ninety percent of them said they would love to just have happiness and joy. And people will go out and just do whatever they can to keep pushing it away. Number three is a big one. Number three is something that I've dealt with. Fear. I don't trust you anymore. When fear builds up in your life, the joy will completely leave the relationship, whether it be you with your spouse, your friends, God. When you let fear take over, the joy will completely disappear. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Fear will cause you to build walls instead of bridges. When you're full of fear, your emotional intimacy will be gone. Why? Because your joy is gone. You can't be building walls up because you're too afraid of what someone's going to do. Or you're too afraid of what someone's going to say. Or you're too afraid of what God's trying to do for you. In 1 John, 1 John 4, verse 18, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Man, I really want this fear to go away. So you want, you want that why? Because it's tormenting you. You know, people don't understand that, but they, they, they thrive on fear because that's the only thing they know. It's because it's tormenting them. But who, who fears have not been made perfect in love? Fearful people cannot give love, and they cannot receive love. There's always, they're always, because they're always afraid of being hurt. They're, they're always afraid of what, what could happen, what will happen. You know, I, like I said, I dealt with this. I dealt with fear. When my wife would leave for work, when she worked here at the church, will she make it? I mean, it's all sorts of fear. Well, is there going to be someone in the parking lot when she pulls in? I won't know. I'll be in Wisconsin or I'll be near Iowa. I didn't know. So I let this fear come in, which then hindered my relationship with my wife, which then then let it to be hindered my relationship with God because I was too focused on what could happen. Even though it, it shouldn't happen because I have the protection of God, but I let it affect my life to where I couldn't focus on Him and I couldn't focus on her because I was too worried about what could happen. God will not give you something that you cannot handle. I have to tell myself that all the time because it's still a little, a little sore spot, you know, it's still there. But I need to realize, and I try to always understand that God's not going to give you something that you cannot handle. So you you shouldn't fear about anything because God's in control. And you don't want that to take your joy away because you're too worried about silly things, things that are in your mind, things that are not even happening. You get to lose happiness over that? It's not worth it. Here's three things that fear will do to a relationship. Fear makes me defensive. I won't admit it when I'm wrong. Fear makes me distant. I won't share my real feelings. I'll share you some of them, but not all of them. Fear makes me demanding. I must always be in control. These three things are with a relationship with your spouse, relationship with your friends, and remember these are things of relationship with God. When you can't admit something to God, that's when you need to realize where you're at in your life. God already knows what's in your mind. God already knows what you're going through. God already knows what you're thinking about. You need to not be afraid to admit it to him and let him be in control and stop trying to guide yourself. Guide yourself, you're going to lose your joy. You're going to lose your relationships with your friends, your family, and God. The first key to join a relationship is that you got to focus on somebody rather than yourself. The problem in a relationship uh, the the problem with a re- when you're in a relationship, I'm just going to reword what I'm trying to say. When you're in a relationship, it's exciting when you have you, you just met the person. Or you just met the friend and it's exciting. You you someone that you connect with. What do you do? You do whatever you can to keep it going. You, keep, you do whatever you can to make it have, you know, make it fun and exciting and like, man, I cannot wait to see this person. You do whatever you can to build it up. So then a year goes by. You don't really text as much, or if it's your spouse, you don't really communicate as much. You stop putting your focus and making it greater. You stop putting your focus and making it grand, like more exciting, and you just let it die down. Here's a list that I got to understand what I'm talking about. Yes, this is about a marriage, and there's a lot of married people, so we're okay. The honeymoon, the honeymoon stage ends, and this is what happens through between year one to year five. This is not me and my wife, so don't do that again. <laughs> don't need that. The first year, baby, I'm worried. I'm worried that you're sick. I'm going to call the paramedics and get you to the hospital. Year number two, sweetheart, I don't like the way that cough sounds. I've arranged a doctor to come to the house and check on you. Go get some rest. Year number three, you look like you've got a fever. Why don't you drive yourself over to the medical center and go get checked out? Year number four, look, be sensible. You have to feed the children, you have to give them a bath, and then maybe you can go to bed fifth year. Will you just stop complaining? You're fine. Okay, if you get to that, go get some counseling. But this is what I'm trying to get at. In the beginning, you want to do whatever it takes for that person. You want to care for them, love for them, do whatever you absolutely can for that person. And then you let it kind of slip away a little bit. and You don't do as much. You don't put as much effort in. You don't want to go to church as much. You decide, you know what, Thursday nights aren't that exciting. They have a guy named Eric up there talking. Just kidding. In year number three, you start realizing that, you know what, they have two services on Sunday. I'll just go to one of them. Year number three, or year number four, I'm just getting lost. I'll just go once a month. Maybe I'll just go to their power Sunday. Because that's when exciting things happen. That's when lives are changed. That's when healings can happen. And then year number five, I'll just go on holidays. Why? Because you don't put enough effort into it. And when things could be getting greater and exciting and God could be challenging you, God could be using you, and God could be continuously putting that joy in your life, you let it get cold. You let it die. You let it just phase out. Everything that we're saying, everything that everyone is going to, going to continuously say on these Thursday nights is about a relationship with your spouse, relationship with your friends, and God. You cannot just let it phase out. You can't not care about it too much. You may say that joy is exhausting. It's very exhausting trying to be joyful all the time. And you know what it is. Why? Because you're human. That's why you need Jesus. That's why you need him to help you. That's why you need him to guide you. You can't do it on your own. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, we all know it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. How is it possible to always do that? How is it possible to always say, rejoice in the Lord? Well, the person that wrote this was Paul. And when he wrote this, he was in prison. Not only was he in prison, but he was getting ready to be executed. He wrote that. If you were sitting in a prison cell knowing that you're going to die in an hour, You probably won't be writing that. But what I'm trying to get to is that it's that important. No matter where your life is, no matter what the situation is, no matter where you're sitting, no matter where the setting, that needs to be your your mindset. Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say, rejoice. We can all stand. I'm excited that we're doing this series because it's not like you're getting preached at. You're learning, but you're learning good stuff. It's not, well, they're just doing this little series to teach and it's kind of boring. No, like this is life. These are things that are going to get you to the next day. These are the things that are going to get you to the next chapter in life. So I want us to right now, I just want us to pray and I want us to say, God, let me be more joyful. God, just let me have that joy in my life. God, let me rejoice in any situation. God, let me rejoice in every situation that comes my way, God. Lord, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter where my life is at, God. Let me just say rejoice. And let me say it again, rejoice. Let that be my lifestyle. Let that be the way I move. Let that be the way I talk. Lord, let joy just consume my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I need that joy so greatly, God. Lord, I need that understanding, Lord, of how important it is. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus.
1: Praise God. That's some awesome teaching tonight. Teaching is for a lifetime. For a lifetime. I love teaching of the Word of God. Awesome job tonight, Sister Candy and Brother Eric. I took lots of notes. Lots of notes. Um, Remember, we're going to continue through the series. And as always, please have your ears open and your hearts ready to hear the Word in the next few weeks as we continue. Uh, Different speakers are coming to share the Word of God with us. I'm really, really excited about this. I'm really excited. We're going to learn a lot through this series. Amen? Yeah. We talked last week um, about kindness a little bit, and someone took, called me today. and they You may be seated just for a second. We're going to get to the announcements. But I wanted to show you, share with you how this works. Someone, um, they were at a job, and they were training someone else. And this person began to share their life. This person says, we're going through a divorce. I'm getting evicted. And I need another job. So the Christian person, Holy Ghost filled person, also up for another job. Almost a guaranteed job. This young lady told the other young lady about the job. See what I'm saying? She's up for a job. The hiring packet is being emailed to her, but the Christian young lady shared with the one, the sinner, that needs a job. And she looks to her and she says, there's not many people like you left. You're kind. Can I have a hug? Can I have your phone number? The world expects rudeness and everything else. They don't expect that. They don't expect the fruit of the Spirit. But this is how it works. We reach people. It helps our family. We reach souls. They exchange phone numbers. Hopefully she's going to come to church. But she says, there's not many like you left. You're kind. (laughs) Do we get this? You're kind. There's not many left. So please, let's pay attention to these teachings. Let's receive the word of God. No matter how it feels, what we have to give up, let's receive the word of God. Amen. Um, Announcements: Marries. There will be a marriage event Saturday, July twenty second. Okay, scratch that. (laughs) The marriage for Saturday, July twenty second, has been canceled. (laughs) Huh? Postponed. Okay. Celebrate recovery. Regular CR group meeting Monday, July twenty fourth along with Celebration Place and the Genesis. Please see Sister Kelly for any details. Sister Kelly, stand. (laughs) She can give you all the details. Um, Lost and found. Here's where you're going to help Sister Holly and I at. Um, If you have accidentally left any of your belongings at the um, Welcome Center, you will find those belongings in the old building at the coat rack. Replace those items up there. So if you're missing anything, feel free to go over there and search for it. The items will remain there for two weeks. If they're not picked up in two weeks, if it's in good condition, it is going to Goodwill. If not, it's going to go in the trash. Plain and simple. Love me anyway. We're trying to keep the house of God clean. We want it to be presentable. Amen. So if you have anything that's missing, feel free to go next door by the coat rack if it's there, please take it home. Two weeks later, if it's still there, I will take it to Goodwill or we will throw it away. Um, offering, please come. <laughs> Our ushers can come. We can all stand. Our usher going to come. We're going to reach up. Everyone say reach up. Reach, up. reach, out. reach out. Reach in. Reach in. And you're now released in the harvest field. Amen. Turn it around, open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing, overflow, turn it around.